So, hello everyone and welcome back to part two of Dunk's Top 10 Horror Films. We've had an uh, excellent five so far. Dunk, do you remember the five that we had? We've had uh, the fantastic... Okay, I'll run us, run us down in, in order. Go in on. order. Yes, so we please. had... I went with The Outlier first, Eden Lake. That's fantastic it. film. If you haven't watched it since the first episode, go and watch it. We also had Halloween 2. Brilliant movie. We had... That'd be in my top the ten. Thing. That'd be in my top ten too. We had 2017's It, and we finished it with arguably Rich's favourite film, The Blair Witch Project. That would also be in my top ten. There's three movies that would also be in my top ten so far, Dunk. Okay, I'm excited to hear your next five, Dunk. I don't know where this okay. is going to go. I'm going to go for the one which I told you I've just changed. And okay. Taken. So I took, I, took, I took a film off. Um, I took, I'm no, I'm not going to mention the film that I took off because I don't think that's fair for the film. <laughs> um, but I've put on, uh, the haunting in Connecticut. I haven't seen that movie, Dunk. Wait, there's a horror film that I've seen that you haven't. <laughs> yeah. Seen. Oh yeah. my God. So I've, I've, I've seen this film twice and it's, it's an unsettling film about moving into a house that has things that go on that shouldn't be going on. Yep. Um, and um, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it. It was... So a lot of the films that I like, there's like a, um, a very visceral thing that you could... You know, it's a very tangible thing that you can see that's hunting, Right. And The Haunting in Connecticut was one of those films where it was more supernatural. Sure. And as as a film watcher, I hadn't really the, the supernatural aspect. So, like, I've I've never seen, and it shocks people every single time I say this because it was such a big film when it first came out. I've never seen Paranormal Activity, for example. Oh, I love that movie. A lot of people have told me I need to watch it. Yeah. When it first when it first came out, the whole supernatural, paranormal, ghost haunting type of film was not a film that I would go for. Sure. I would always go for Freddy and Jason <laughs> okay. hunting you rather than a ghost. Sure. Subsequently, I've grown up a little bit. I'm no longer scared of what's underneath my bed. I kind <laughs> of, you know. I know I know that if I need to pee in the middle of the night because I'm scared, I will get up and pee. Um, doesn't happen anymore, don't worry. Um, <laughs> but the, the Haunting in Connecticut was one of those films where, other than, I mean, Blair Witch, obviously I'd seen very early on and it stuck with me. And maybe that's why I didn't go for the unseen um, villain. Um, because I didn't feel particularly comfortable with it. And um, the Haunting in Connecticut was a break from that. You know, the notion of going into a, a house and feeling deliberately putting yourself in a, in a feeling of very vulnerable and um, unsettled. And like the, the, the worst thing that was possible for me as a kid and a teenager would be turning off the TV and then hearing 
one of the dogs moving in the house, my sister moving, yeah. and my mum wandering around and going, oh, my God, and then she's not sleeping. <laughs> so I kind of avoid... But now that, you know, I am a maker of my own destiny, I live on my own energy. Haunting in Connecticut, just for me, it, it's a really, really good film. It's a strong film. It's got a great premise. It's got a relatively unknown cast. Does it end well, Even Is it a good landing? Even Does, does the ending... Because a lot of horror movies, sometimes they can be very hit and miss with the ending. Is it a good ending? Will it be an ending that you'll be? I would be satisfied with as a watcher? It's, it is an ending that I think you would definitely be satisfied with. Okay. Um, yeah, it's... It's a disturbing. It's it's just it's disturbing, but that you know again it it crescendos, and it's not. It, it relies more on suspense and fear of the unknown, and what might happen, sure, rather than what you actually see on screen, and it plays into that very well. Um, it's it's one of those films. It's not a particularly high like fear rating or anything. I mean, I think it's a PG-13. It's PG-13 or something. So it would have been a 12 back in our day. So it was one of those early accessible films for everybody. Mm. But it's just really well shot. It's just done very well. And it it just comes across. It's it's got an excellent presentation. And it's from from 2009. So it's a... It's not one of the older films on my list, and it's yeah. not one of the newer films on my list, but it, it's, it holds its own in a list of, for me personally, um, maybe, you know, like a top 10. Nice, nice. Which nice. is probably just just as well, really, because that's exactly what we're doing. Perfect. Okay. Let's rock on to your next one. Oh, let's Good rock on. So okay. far, Dunk. Good mixture. So I've... I'm going to go for my honourable mention now. Okay. And my honourable mention is 30 Days of Night, which you've only just seen. No, no, no. I saw it, ye- like, maybe when it first came out, I saw it back then. And then I only just you've rewatched your memory. it recently. And, yeah, I'm a big, big fan of that movie. A big fan of that movie. Though, I, I have a few things about the ending. But, apart from that, the start especially, mm. the the, the build-up, the rest of the movie I absolutely love. I think it's just the ending that I'm not satisfied with, but the, the, the rest of it I really enjoy. The premise. The premise is, is excellent. Unbelievable. Like, how it took them so long to come up with that as a premise is it blows my mind. And I think since I watched the film, I've had this faint fascination with going to, um, certainly to Scandinavia, during the periods where it's like always nighttime and just experiencing it and just, yeah. Isn't it interesting that the thing is is set in like Antarctica and that that kind of... um, Yeah, the Arctic Circle. And then we go Um, over to here with 30 Days a Night and there's something about that premise and that that kind of environment that is so appealing um for a horror movie and so interesting for yeah. us as as watchers yeah so so to give um the listeners a bit of a quick premise around it because it's quite an easy one to to give without sort of spoiling it mm. um you've you've essentially got so you've got the setting up in the arctic circle and 
it starts and they're all making preparations because they know there's going to be a month where they haven't got daylight. So you're doing the normal things you do in that situation. You're getting food, you're getting stuff to heat your house, you're getting lots of supplies that are going to be able to keep you essentially, you can stay in the house, you don't have to leave for the month. And they're all making preparations. I believe uh, one of the lead characters, is she either, it's been a while since I've seen it, is she from the fire brigade or something? But she's, or the local like county sheriff or something. something like and she's that. going around and she's checking and making sure everybody's preparing and yeah. doing all right. And then about 20 minutes, half an hour into it, the nighttime starts. And lo and behold, what likes the night and doesn't like daylight? What would be perfect feeding grounds for um, a, a, a night-dwelling creature? Oh, a little sleepy village in the Arctic Circle, which is really remote and cut off from everything. And you go from having this beautiful, idyllic sort of small town in this remote area of up in the northern in the Arctic Circle, and then this horde of vampires is just about and that's it that is all you need to know and it's just what a premise like and we're not talking like shitty romanticized vampires from like interview of the vampire and those kind of early with the two two fangs that are going to sort of bite you and get you to join legions it's no this is like full-on proper throat terrifying vampires. vampires a new breed of vampires like nothing that i'd ever really thought of with vampires because i just associated vampires with buffy the vampire slayer and buffy and an angel and spike and all those characters these are vicious these are it and it's it's great it's great and you've got this unsettling character that's in prison as well yeah yeah he's great he's fantastic but i mean ben foster's a great actor anyway he is, but yeah. um I think this was probably one of those roles that's just sort of set him up above, and it's oh, so good from start to finish. I mean, I say from start to finish, from start to almost finish. Sure. And I know what you're referring to about the the ending is it, it leads a little bit to be desired, yeah. and it's it's not the best way that it could end. And having watched the sequel to it, it's yeah. Don't bother. Don't bother with the sequel. If you're going to watch it, watch this. And it's it's a good film. It's a really good film. And can we just mention how handsome Josh Hartnett is in this movie as well? Very handsome. Oh God, this is peak. This is peak Josh Hartnett. Right. This is when he's damn, a damn hunky man. In his early, early, early thirties, yeah. he is. Yeah, he's buffing. He would have been up there in the top top of <laughs> <Yeah>. certain lists <laughs> yeah. of sexiest men. But yeah, that was my honourable mention. Very good. Because I love it, but the ending's just... It does let it down. It really does. All right, Dunk. Let's so the next... This. Okay, next film. Sinister. Ah, oh, okay. Are we, are we talking top three now, Dunk? Is this your top three? No, this is top four. Okay, top four. Okay, Sinister. We're almost at, we're almost at top three. Okay. Sinister's a great movie. Go on. Okay, so Sinister has... A particular actor that yeah. you and I have yeah. spoken to about our, our enjoyment of them in horror, and also in have you if you've not seen Moon Knight, Rich, watch Moon Knight. He's uh, great in Moon Knight. As I well. have, I have seen Moon Knight. Yeah. yeah, and he was fantastic in it. Ethan Hawke is great. 
now yes. that he's no longer Hollywood hunk, and now <laughs> that he's slightly unsettling, slightly older man, <laughs> yeah. he is fantastic for roles like this. He was yeah. great in The Purge. I yes. saw him in The Purge before I saw him in Sinister, and him in this film was just so good. Yeah, man. It's a really unsettling, a really unsettling film. Really unsettling film. He plays a crime writer, moves his family into a house where a horrific crime took yeah. place for inspiration, but he doesn't tell his family. Oh, yeah, which is so <laughs> fucked up. He starts, starts looking into it. He starts looking into this crime and he finds a box that has some unsettling shit in it. And the second he finds that box, it all goes to... Oh, it just, it all goes horribly wrong. And the, the ending, the ending of this oh. film is so strong. Yeah. Is so strong. Of, of my list, even with the top three, I would say that the ending of this film is probably one of the most satisfying endings to a horror film I've seen. Hmm. Maybe Blair Witch is probably on there as a very satisfying ending as well. Hmm. But the ending of... Yeah, the way that this ends, like it, it leaves it open. Yeah, but it also closes it off. The uh, beautifully. I mean, without giving too much away, the uh, the character who's very scary in this movie. I mean, I I I can't remember when this. What when did this come out, Dunk? Do you know? Uh yes, I can find that. Information I want to say I was either late teens or early twenties when this came out. And you that, were early twenties. This was twenty twelve. That character left a mark on on my mind as such. Where like yeah, I just found it quite. I quite. I found that character very unsettling and um, disturbing. And I, I found a lot. Yes. Of that. Do you know what's so fucking disturbing about that movie? The fucking music. The music is so fucking creepy in that movie. That is so creepy. It's, it's but it's, it's it's so good. It's so good. It does unsettling really... in a in a great way where it's like it's a good horror movie. It's not unsettling where it's disturbing and you don't want to watch it. It's unsettling, but but interesting at the same time. Like some unsettling for me, I don't do like Rob Zombie movies. I can't stand Rob Zombie movies. I think they're really awful. Okay. I find I find his his idea of unsettling. I find quite disturbing. I find his mind quite disturbing. I find what he creates quite disturbing. So it doesn't work for me. But sinister, yeah. it do, it works. It works for me. I think it's it's that that unknown element as well. Yeah. Um. And oh, it's just again, Ethan Hawke plays such a a wonderful. It's it's just a really good actor, mate. It's just a good actor he is, and. He is. You believe his character in this, yeah. and you believe what the journey that he goes through mm. from from start to finish, and it's uh, it's just great. I've really loved it. It's good choice. Which takes choice. me takes me takes me to the top three. Fuck. Okay, this is big. And in at number three, okay, purely because I I believe the build up for this film is too long. Okay, Gonyam. Haunted Asylum. Yeah, my boy! I love that fucking movie. The ending of this film is fantastic. It's an hour, it's only an hour and a half long. God, it's but so I good. think they could have shaved about 20 minutes of the start of You're it. You're probably right, still yeah. Still have had the perfect wasting. Um, but essentially, you've got a bunch of Korean... Uh, I want to say they're in their early 20s. They're student type of age. Yeah. 
and they're trying to create a following on YouTube yep. and they're live streaming a trip to a haunted asylum. That's it. Or what was rumoured to be a haunted asylum as part of the streaming process. They build up this story. They create a lot of mystery. They've got drones and handheld cameras. They've got some cameras set up in the asylum, which were set up before they arrived to capture the footage. And you've got a guy in a tent essentially being um, director and producer. And he's there saying, right, we want this shot. We want this shot. We want this shot. There's a couple of inside people who are in on it and they start playing pranks on the people that have gone or the students that have gone into this asylum completely unsuspecting and build up lots of tension with them. Then the pranks start to get a little bit out of hand. And from that point onwards, the horror element of this film is just outstanding. Like it doesn't matter. It's it's a Korean film. You do have to be um kind of used to watching things with subtitles, yeah. I think, to to really get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Certainly in the early part of it. But once the horror horror element kicks into it, it's internationally just you, you, unsettling. You know it's and gonna scary. be remade by america at some point hollywood's gonna say we're it's gonna be ruined it's and it gonna, won't be it's, as it's good be the, this oh, is God, like no. one of the it's so it's i guess you you could put it in the fan i would i would put it in the fan footage genre of horror and for a lot of oh, that 100 percent, yeah that has struggled to kind of keep going with original ideas and, and new takes of things but for somehow this movie does it perfectly. And like, I haven't seen a good fan footage movie in years. And then I watched this earlier this year and I was blown away. It's so hard to find for some reason in our, in the UK. It's really hard to find. Um, Gondry. It's a, it's an amazing movie. And if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you go see it. It's so good. Yeah. If you, if you want to find it, just search haunted asylum, um, Korean haunted asylum in Google. And you'll be able to find it, and it's just it, it's I would it I wouldn't go so far as to say it's like genre defining, but it's so unsettling mm. that last bit. It's brilliant, and it's again, it's one of those things that you think back to it, and you just you see certain there's certain parts of the film where like a turning around. Oh my, yeah, it's just so good. It's just so good. It's fantastic. Man. So that's that's in at number three. Good choice, in man. at number two, in at number two is a film that for a long time was um, up there as the the, the the top film. It was my favourite horror film. Um, and again, it's another one that I exposed myself to watching Channel Four late at night. Probably a similar time, maybe a year or two after I'd seen Blair Witch Project. Um, but it's a film called The Descent. Oh, nice, nice, good choice, good movie. It's, yeah, um, it, uh, again, without spoiling anything, it's um, a a woman, I believe she loses her partner very early on in the film, and on the anniversary of his death, her female friends take her out for a cave diving expedition. As you do. And um, they had, they did, they, they seemingly did everything right, they let people know where they were going, yeah. They had a planned route, and one adventurous little minx decided, no, we're not going to stick to <laughs> the routes. We're going to be super adventurous, and we're going to go off-piste. And um, lo and behold, things start to go wrong. 
um, equipment starts to fail and they find themselves in a situation which is pretty fucking terrifying. That's right, Don. And, oh, it was so good, so good. And then, again, similar to um, Eden Lake, you get that moment of euphoria Hmm. and it fucking drags you back in and it's just, oh, yeah, for a for longest time, that was my favorite horror film. Are you claustrophobic? I, I, still, I still love it. Yes. Because if you're, I for anyone who has any even a little bit of claustrophobia, this movie makes you feel fucking claustrophobic and absolutely terrified. I um, yeah, I, I went potholing as a kid and I hated it. Yeah, like even even though it was like a you're less than six foot underground you're in these concrete pipes that are well proven and everything the fact that you cannot like spread yeah and just oh, no horrible absolutely horrible yeah i did it and i think that claustrophobia ago, is why both of these the, the, the top two films are my two top films sure. because it's probably playing on that more than anything yeah fair enough so the descent the descent isn't at number two it's just i mean Genuinely, right now, I just I could watch it again. Another film that's not much longer than an hour and a half. Yeah, and it's really well paced, and you do you you go on a, an emotional journey with these people. You do, and there's, there's 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 a there's a beautiful moment of betrayal in it as well, which I fucking love. It's so vindictive. Um, yeah, good characters actually. Very good characters yeah. in that movie. And you you care about them from quite yeah. early on as well it's not, it's not it doesn't take you it's not like you only care about the the protagonists you care about them collectively as a group yeah. and it's um it works it works really well good choice Tom. which takes me on to my final film now i think i know what your final film is from everything you've told me and i, uh, I, I, I and if it is it's a movie that i absolutely love and would be in my top 10 as well um and it's a very strong choice if it is your number one please dunk go ahead uh, my top film is as above so below damn straight fucking brilliant and this is this is the film that i get so i mentioned my friend who i used to go around and we watched films together this is i think this was probably the third film that we watched together and it had such profound effect on everybody who was there who watched it Mm. because again it follows it's it takes elements of i would say of blair witch and the descent and kind of mashes them in together, and, and elements of, sort of... of a true story and true scenario in a true in a real place. Yes, and it's it it doesn't rely on overly unrealistic and yes, yeah. um, it it's got a certain element of well, obviously this isn't real, sure, but it's done in such a tasteful way. Mm. It's not reliant on CGI. No. It's not relying on jump scares. It's just unsettling. Mm. And to, to put it into context, you've got um, this young lady who I believe was in um, childhood show, the really wild show for those who are oh, wow, derived I believe she was the older sister in that. Um, hmm. But she is a um, historical uh, archaeologist. But she's one of these almost like Indiana Jones types. She always finds herself in a situation where she's 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 you know up against it. It's a little bit tight corners. And I think if if I remember rightly at the start of it, she's in like a war zone and she finds um, 
by the Rosetta Stone, which she takes her robbing of, which tells her where she can find the Philosopher's Stone. And that takes her to Paris and the catacombs. And she and her childhood friend go to the catacombs with some French-speaking locals who don't speak very good English and there's a bit of communication issues Mm -hmm. here and there. And they go through some slightly um, out of public eye routes and find themselves just experiencing something. But it was, yeah, that is my, my phone. I'm it's the ending is kind of, uh, okay. Uh, okay. You know, it, it could, it could, but it, by that I mean it could have ended in a different manner. <coughs> it sure. didn't necessarily have been, um, without spoiling it, it, it didn't have to end how it ended. Sure, I'm glad it did. Yeah, I, I quite like it. And I, I think, I think the it could have gone Blair Witch and yeah, it could have, but it didn't. Um, Try and do something different. There yes. are, yeah, 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 and there's sort of elements of it being like a. Certainly, at the start, it's almost filmed like a documentary. Yeah. So you've got like that. You've got the little interview bits with the various <laughs> different characters, which you're forming a bond to, and mm. then they take you uh, into the catacombs. And again, it's an hour and a half. I mean, I'm not saying that is like the dream length for a horror film, no, but I think it is for me. It stops it, stops it stops it from being bloated, but yeah. it's um, it's a damn it's good movie. Else. And that is why it tops my list of top ten horror films. You got quite a lot of found footage movies in your top ten. I'm surprised. I'm I'm happy, but I'm surprised. A lot of people aren't big fans of found footage, but I, I'm you appreciate the art that comes from found footage. Yes, I don't see it as lazy filmmaking. As I see it very much as an an immersive element to it, which definitely you, makes it more real as an audience member. I think. Yeah, yeah, it certainly. And again, it removes that reliance on CGI and it removes that reliance on anything else. So it, it's very much a, yeah. Dunk, there's a, there's a few honourable mentions that you were, that you were going to say. And I was going to say that I was surprised um, that your top 10, because a lot of people's top 10 mainstream-wise probably would include anything from the Conjuring universe. And I just wondered if in your honourable mentions if there was any of those in there. From the Conjuring universe, um, so the the film that I struck off um, actually was Annabelle Creation. So there's been three Annabelle movies, I think. I'm trying to remember I which one. I believe so. I'm trying to remember yes. which one Creation is. Which one's Creation? So cre- Creation's the one which is set in either the 50s or the 60s, and you've got a f- an old farmhouse. Ah yes, this and is the second. They're taking the orphan second one. kids, yep. and yeah, yeah, I know this one. And yeah, I, I watched. I watched that again um, with my my friend Steve, and um, it was, yeah, it was it was fantastic. But it was, um, I think it just it, it does miss out on the top ten. That whole eerie doll thing. I, yeah, I understand that dolls are unsettling, but it didn't feel overly satisfying coming away from it. You didn't have... Um, so there was... I haven't... So 
there's a few. So there, there was no mention of any Texas Chainsaw Massacre, no mention of any uh, Freddy Krueger, no mention of any um, Jason Voorhees Friday the Thirteenth, the slasher like top three, top four, or whatever. You had Halloween. Yeah. I did have Halloween. Yeah, I, I didn't mention. I haven't. I haven't put Scream on it again. I yeah, think this Scream's goes back to the there. fact. This goes back to the fact that, um, like, masked protagonists were very much um, a bit of a no go in sure, the house because sure. of my sister. So I, I, I had watched. I think I watched uh, Freddy versus Jason and Jason X because they went through a phase on Channel Four of showing like every week there'd be at least one yeah. nightmare on Elm Street film. Sure. Um, so I watched all of those. I, I didn't find them scary. Yeah, they were kind of just—they're they're comical, but they weren't scary. Scream was fine. Oh, I love Scream. Dunk. It was the first one was really good. It's it was really, really good. Brilliant. Um, but I never watched any after that. I think you know films like Scary Movie where they mock sure. things like that. They took it away from you. I kind of yeah. I take that element of fear um i was gonna mention the ring was on my list good choice yeah Brilliant the movie. original one the japanese um, one are we talking ringu or are we talking the american ring oh we're talking the, uh, sorry unfortunately we're talking the american ring i haven't seen no, the american ring's good the american ring's very good yeah for a remake first of a japanese movie it's very but, good but the first one yeah um Only not anything one. else after i think um yeah, agreed one of the standout performances other than was it Naomi Watts, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, other than her, you've also got Brian Cox, who has Death by Toaster. <laughs> his, his performance was particularly good as well. Yeah. Um, so there was that. Um, other mentions that I haven't said, um, Veronica. Oh, do I know? Why does that ring a bell, Dunk? It's a Spanish film. Oh, I think I've seen it. I need to look it up right this second. You talk, Duncan. So, uh, Veronica, it's actually quite new. It's from 2017. Um, and to give you the storyline, it's not going to give me the, it's not going to load the storyline yeah. for me, Rich. I, I'm with you. So it's set Madrid, June of 91. Veronica is a teenage girl. Surpassed by the circumstances after her father died. Her mother works in a bar all day and she must care for three siblings. Um, that's a good movie then tries to reach out to her father who recently died using the Ouija board and um, while alone in a cellar things start to go wrong and um, yeah there's various presences and ghosts and fears and things in her house and um, yeah it's it's good it is good again it's another one that you have to have um, a relative competency with reading subtitles while still feeling immersed in what you're watching yeah man um but it's a good film it's a really good film great 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 movie good choice Dunk. good 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 uh, honorable mention but yeah i think that sums it up i was going to mention it follows just the fact that it's completely overrated and what a yeah. fucking stupid premise sure how the hell did that get such critical acclaim? I don't know. Um, like people still love that movie now, and I just don't. For me, I don't get it. I watched it thinking, "Oh, this movie has so much uh, high, you know, praise, and people love this movie. It must be brilliant." 
And I just, I don't no. know if I'm the wrong audience for it. I don't know what it is that I don't get. I don't, I didn't find the, the an enemy, as it were, um, the fact that they're walking at you. Mm-hmm. Like, you can either just outwalk them slightly quicker, get in a car and just drive <laughs> a little bit quicker. Like, keep, keep them in your wing mirror, maybe keep them in sight, take shift with somebody else. Like, I mean, and then the way that it's passed on as well. It's yeah. just like, how the hell has this got such a, a, a wide Agreed. following? Not a clue, mate. And then there's another bit where completely unnecessary, um, the, the monster pisses on itself and yeah. you're there going... Who was that for? Was that for some weird fetish that the director had? Like, <laughs> it just it, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. I mean, it clearly does work because people are enjoying it. But I, yeah, like yourself, I don't think I'm I'm the audience for it. But yeah, fair enough. I don't. I've absolutely loved doing this podcast with you. It's been fantastic having you on as a guest and hearing your top 10. Uh, you're definitely going to have to come on again. We'll have to watch a movie t- uh, at some point in separate locations and then meet up and, and review a movie on here because you've been excellent, um, excellent critic of the horror genre and I've very much enjoyed your list. You'll have to come back. Thank you ever so much, mate. No, it's been an honour. Right, thank and you, listeners. You can, you can listen. You can listen to um, uh, Twenty and Go yeah. on on Spotify and Apple and all the other places where you find Twenty and Go. If you need more dunk in your life, which let's be honest, we all need more dunk in our life, listen to Twenty and Go for fantastic Duncan Monday rants. <laughs>